Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm in. You got to claim that. All right, 90s word for fake. No. Poser. That's the wrong group. I should come over here. I'm like, where's my Gen Xers? Why did I go over there? My other young people. Poser. No one wants to be a poser. No one wants to be a poser. I want to speak on poser today. Um, It's Andy's birthday. Andy, we love you. Happy birthday to Andy. There's Andy. Dear friend. Dear friend. We go way back. It's very, very exciting for his birthday today. I'm glad you're born. Glad you're born. Poser. You're going to feel like... Opposer. I want to, can I just, just suggest one thing this morning? The enemy wants you to feel like a poser. God wants you to understand that you might just be starting something new. I was hoping for more of a wow. <sighs> to come over the audience. Whoa. Mind blown emoji. Is that you might, you might, you might feel like, oh, I don't really do this. This is fake. You're going to feel, I don't, I don't, I don't shout amen. I don't. I don't really do, I don't take notes, I don't, I don't, I don't. And you're going to feel like you're a fake or a fraud or a poser. You're not. You're starting new pathways of faith. You're, you're walking into newness. You are starting, someone shout start. start, starting something new. And you are a part of a church. You're a part of a body. There's power to unity. Amen? There's power to unity. Any point, you can start clapping. Just find that beat. No, no, no. There you go. Find that rhythm. Find that rhythm. Some are too cool right now to clap. It's okay. Just clap. That's right. It's good. There's power to that. That's why we sing. That's why we shout. That's why we say amen, right? That's why, that's why, that, 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 that's why we come to church. Because there's unity and there's to coming together. What does that break? What does that break? It breaks individuality. It breaks, well, I got to take care of me and then I can give to the greater, to the team, to the church, to the family. I'm just inviting you in this Christmas season to just, just come on in. Just, just, just come on in and, and join church and join family and let God use your gifts because I'm telling you, it's better to give than receive. It really is. It's better. You really graduate to a level. So I'm torn this morning because I'm talking to people who are going through some trials, but I'm also talking to leaders where it is, it is, it is time. I think God's going to put some, some, some things on your heart this morning uh, that, that it's time to start and lead at a whole new level. And uh, God just put this phrase on my heart, um, lead, love, live. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Hold on, I went to Target. That's right. Okay, let's go to the Bible this morning. I want to speak this morning on created for milk and honey. Created for milk and honey. Come on. It's okay to shout. It's okay to clap. It's okay to get excited. It's actually, it's actually helpful. It's like taking notes. It actually uh, it, it helps you uh, come into agreement. It helps you receive the word of God. And uh, this isn't just a talk, amen. This is, this is, this is a, a group of people coming together around the word of God under the name of Jesus. Someone say the name of Jesus. So we don't just shout. It's just like someone doesn't shout, hey! It's like, hey, Johnny! Hey, Carrie! You are identifying the person you are directing your attention to. And so Jesus said, call upon my name. God in the Old Testament said, call upon my name. It's specific. It's relational. 
and God's pulling you into relationship. God wants to know you. What a thought. What a concept. God wants to know me? Yes, he wants to know you. And he wants to reveal and start this relationship by revealing himself. He is not the dude at the eighth grade dance going, oh. He, he reveals himself boldly and strongly, but he doesn't just pick you up and dance with you. No, we're going to dance. We're going we're gonna to dance. We're going to dance. No, he doesn't do that. He, do, he doesn't. He doesn't. I just felt an anointing come on that. <laughs> You're like, no, there wasn't anything on that. It's ugly. Don't ever do that again. I repent. I am in, I am in progress still. Amen? I, I'm a decent preacher, but stick around for a while until I get real good. Just give me a couple years. Amen? Just give us a couple years. We're, uh, we're in journey. We're in process. Still coming out of COVID, it feels like, as a culture and a church. And yet God's put big things on our heart. To, uh, to believe for more. Christmas at the park's coming back. We haven't done that in four years. Come out and be a part. Come out and be a part this Christmas in just going down, just getting real cold, okay? I guess cold is healthy, okay? So do it for your health. Do it for people. <laughs> Friends, we need you. Amen. Just joking, but we do. Amen. Come out, be a part of it. You need it. You need it. You need it. Created for milk and honey. Let's go to the book of Exodus, chapter, chapter 1, verse 8, verse 6. Are you ready for the word? Are you ready? Exodus chapter 1, verse 6. And Joseph died, and all of his brothers in that generation. But the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly, multiplied, and grew exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. Well, this is good. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, Look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and it happen in the event of war. A lot of what-ifs here. A lot of, lot, of, lot, of, lot of assumption. A lot of suspicion. A lot of fear. You are looking at the spirit of fear. That's another thing we're going after this morning. I've got about two hours in me, so whatever you got to leave, you just leave. But I'm not going to stop, okay? No, I'm joking. Come, come let us deal shrewdly with them. But the, the Holy Spirit's going to break, I believe, that spirit of fear as you open up your heart this morning. And, and if they multiply, and it happens in the event of war, that they also join our enemies and fight against us. And they so they go up out of the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh supply cities. And, but the more they afflicted them, new, I'm thinking of the New Testament church, the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. And, they were in, 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 and the people were in dread of the children of Israel. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. When, when, when God begins to speak, I want to, again, it's just another theme this morning, really the heart of it, is that things will go from bad to worse. And I'm not prophesying bad news on you. I'm not prophesying the, 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 the all sorts of things are going to happen. I'm saying when you go to possess something in the Word of God, he who began a good work, he's going to finish it. There's going to be a fight over your faith. I'm not saying... 
everything bad's going to happen. Your car's going to break. You're going to lose your house, all these types of things. Things can take place as a result of that. I'm going to talk a lot about the enemy today, but I don't want you to think I'm, I'm bringing any sort of elevation to the enemy. I know where the enemy is. He's right under my new Nikes. Amen? Don't worry. I got him out the outlets. It's okay. I'm a smart shopper. I'm a smart shopper. But... But he's under my feet. He's Beelzebub. He's Lord of the Flies. If there's no garbage, there's no flies. I'm not afraid of the enemy. I don't bring glory to the enemy. But the truth of it is, is that God has overcome the enemy. But, but justice has to be executed here on this earth. God is bringing so many times we want to go to heaven and God's trying to get heaven to earth. We're trying to get out of earth and God's trying to redeem earth. He's trying to bring heaven down. He's trying to establish his kingdom. He's trying to give us keys and establish his church. And, 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 and God's using us as bricks and pillars in the house of God. Amen. But, but things can, can hit a tipping point. Where we have to understand what's going on. So I want you to not hear the elevation of the enemy. I want you to hear the, the wisdom and the word of God and faith that is required to possess the promises of God. Now, in a comfortable society, in a wealthy society like ours, we can oftentimes get comfortable and mimic the, the plan of God. But we, we, we cannot. Everything we do is spiritual. Whether we need it or not, God wants to show you this morning that the truth of it is, is you were designed for a purpose. And you will not be happy with just the car, with just the house, with just the thing that we, we want or we're craving. And so the truth of it is, is you were designed for, for possession of something. You were, you were designed for possession of something. And, and God does not just deliver and, and bring us right in. And that's what we have a problem with. It isn't just expectations. It's the thing that I have in mind is probably not the thing that God has in mind. In a sense, how I visualize it. And so we get defeated. We think, well, hold on. God wants to bring us to do a land of milk and honey. Let's go. And then we go up and we, oh, we've got some giants. There's something wrong here. And God's like, no, no, no. This is a part of the possession. This is a part of the journey. This is a part of you discovering who I am and you discovering who you are, and me bringing heaven into your earth. Remember, Adam was formed out of the dust. Oh, don't get me started. I don't get me preaching. Stop it. You're just so hungry for the word of God. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get right to it this morning. Let's, let's also go to Exodus chapter 5. Um, Exodus, chapter, Exodus, Exodus chapter 5, verse 1. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Cool. No. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So they said, The God of the Hebrews has sent us, met with us. Please, please, is an interesting word, please let us go three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. And Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor. So the same day, same day, same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, You shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before, but let them go and gather straw for themselves. And you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle 
Therefore, they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let more work be laid on the men that they may labor in it. Let them not regard false words. It, it, it went from bad to worse. But the truth of it is, is God's trying to get over your faith. He's trying to get your faith. It's a fight over your faith. The truth of it is, is God wanted to deliver the children of Israel in a short amount of time. And they couldn't believe it. They couldn't enter his rest. And so they wandered for 40 years. The truth of it is, is when God gets a hold of your life, it, it, it's sometimes not a good thing. <laughs> I'll get encouraging here. It, it, be, be, because he, he's done just meshed you for something lower. It, it, it's, it's like when, you're, when, you're, when you taste of something good, when you taste of, of better food, you can't go back to IHOP. Or Denny's. I remember that first realization. Like, I love the Grand Slam, the 299 Grand Slam. And you look down at the eggs, and it's like see-through. And you're like, I don't remember that. Like, I don't remember that. So when you taste of something, and so, and so the word of the Lord comes and says, hey, you can either wander or, or you can possess. But you can't go back. You can't untaste the goodness of God. If you need more clarification on this, just sit in Hebrews. Uh, the writer of Hebrews just just breaks this down. When when you taste of the goodness of God and the presence of God, it's actually impossible to go back. You can turn your back on God, but inside, oh, there will be a torment of your soul. And I I, I, I want to speak faith this morning that this is the starting point of something big in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we gather under no other name. Lord, we thank you that you're in charge and you're in control. But, Lord, you ask us to open up our hearts and give us your will because you will not control us. You, will, you, will, you are not the puppet master. God, you are the living God. You are the creator God. And so we ask you by your word that you would open up our eyes this morning. God, let, let, let walls come down. Let, let offenses be healed. Let perspective be gained. Lord, we need you. Lord, as a body this morning, this isn't just a meeting. This isn't just an Instagram picture. This isn't just a service. This is a meeting between people and God. This is, this is a living meeting where we are hungry and we are calling upon you to come in and do what only you can do. Lord, we let go of fear. We let go of the past. Like Paul, there's one thing I do. I let go of, the, of, the, of, the, of, of everything behind me so I can press toward, I can press forward to what you have apprehended me for. I want to take hold of that which you've taken hold of me. God, I want the plan and I want the predestined purpose for my life. God, I thank you that you have designed me in a certain way. And Lord, anywhere that we are cutting against the grain and going against the design purposes of your word and your plan, we pray this morning, just wash it and take it we repent god we let it go and we we want we want fresh faith we let go of fear in this place we want fresh faith in jesus name and all of god's people shouted a big amen amen amen, amen. so 22 years ago it was on this weekend this fateful weekend where i i after a year and a half i had been observing carrie because that's what you do right when you when you when you have feelings for someone you don't just jump in right you pull back a little bit just like, oh, just say, okay, cool. And so I just was observing, and I just was, I was looking, and, and I, I was, I was, it's okay to look, and I was, 
in worship services and in church services and just sort of we would, we would I didn't want any ex-girlfriends as a youth pastor so I tried to really really harness in on okay I just don't want to get into a situation and then have to undo a situation and then have to preach to a situation I wanted to not just be a, a teacher I wanted to model something for young people not perfect but still very convicted and so after a year and a half it was I had I had I had I had been in the hot tub and uh, praying is a holy place, amen. And it was Sunday night, of Thanksgiving, two thousand, and and all of a sudden it was midnight, and I this was the time I needed to express my like. I didn't have love yet. I didn't know I, I was need to express some like towards this girl and see if I could take her off the market. But I, I also be rejected by her because I didn't really know. You know, we might have had some. Little, little flirtation things, but uh, I didn't really know at all how her feelings were really, you know, what they were really there. And so I, um, I grabbed my Nokia brick phone. Back in the day, phones were just used for phones, calls. That's it. And so I didn't know where it was. I got to find my Nokia, green screen, and no numbers stored in there. Just incoming call. It was just incoming call. Every time you picked up your phone, it was an act of faith. You're like... I picked this up, and so I uh, I dialed. I had a number written down, so I I, I dialed it. It's midnight. I never called her, and uh, she she picks up, and I'm like, hey. I was outside. I'd lived with my parents. There's a poor youth pastor living in my parents' basement, and so I I talk loud on the phone, and so I uh, I went outside. It was like a misty night, and a little rain coming down, and I'm pacing back and forth. <laughs> So Carrie, who I never call her, is, here's this man breathing heavy on the phone. <laughs> she said, what's wrong? I'm just walking outside. Thought I'd call you at midnight just to see what the weather is like up in Seattle. Just <laughs> so I was just like, hey, I just wanted to clear up something. She's like, okay. And now I know where I'm going. I know that I'm about to tell her that I like her. But she could also say, oh. Like, you're gross. Stop calling girls. You're a youth pastor. Stop calling girls at midnight. I'm going to call your pastor and tell you what you did, right? So it's very scary. Um, so I just said, well, I just wanted to um, clear up some things. And, and basically for the next 20 minutes, I said nothing. I, I don't know if you've ever seen that before. Politicians do it. They just talk. You know, for 20 minutes, the thing, you know, we're going to kind of, hey, vote for me. You know, you're like, what did that person just say, right? Or, or like my early sermons, you know. Um, hey, did you like my message? I didn't really understand it. Like, okay. All right. Hour of nothing. So I just kept like, like, like you know, and I just was um, thinking, probably needed to call you, just like clear up the sitch. And um, so I'm just like circling the mountain buffering, and I'm like, you know, I just really wanted to uh, just touch base and, um, and just, just sort of connect and kind of clear up, kind of talk, kind of the thing, and just, you know what I mean, and like, kind of like modern day teenagers now, you know, and like, and like, and like, what are you saying? You just said the word like like 50 times, and like, and like, and like, and I, and I, I literally, I paused and I said, so... Do you have anything to say about what I just said? <laughs> and she's like, you didn't say anything. I'm like, fine. 
I, you know, I just wanted to clear up if I had led you on, if I had done anything to, to hurt you. So she thinks I'm like calling her up to break up from friendship or something, you know. She's like, this is weird. And I know where I'm going, but I'm just digging this hole. Of, like, I just want to like, you know, I'm sorry for leading you on. I'm sorry for, you know, I just, that's my big, big concern. And she's like, okay, great. Yeah, okay. But my skills get a little bit tuned. I don't know if I want to commit to this, right? <laughs> my, no. So she goes, what are you trying to say? I said, well, I just, I guess, sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, 10 minutes of that, like you. <laughs> the words go out. And she's like, oh. <laughs> I like you too. <laughs> and I, I thought, that's scary. I feel like I'm telling a story from like the 1950s, you know? And then we went on down and got a milkshake. So um, at the sock hop. <laughs> and we turned on the, we turned on the, uh, the record player. So, <laughs> so that night, 2020, the year of our Lord, Thanksgiving weekend, we shared some light for each other and began 2000. Did I say 2020? Three years ago. I know, Jude. Boys, we live together. That's the honest truth. 20, 100, 2000. <laughs> Worship team, come on up. We're done. Milk and honey, everybody, it's in the Bible. Get it while it's getting good. Get it while you can get it. Um, so, you know, our relationship started. And I love this story because the starting point of the deliverance of the children of Israel is the fact that the enemy was scared of them. That the root of the enemy's motive is fear and the root of the kingdom of God is faith. And so Jesus is very clear that you will come up against the, the kingdom of darkness, but that motive is fear. Everything that the, that, that the enemy does, that sin does, that culture does is out of fear. And everything the kingdom does is out of faith because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the word of God in the beginning was the word. And so the word starts everything in your life having to do with faith. And so whatever he began by his word, he will complete and perfect and so I love how this story starts because I think that God wants to start something in your life and show you how important starting points are. We talk a lot about finishing. We talk a lot about, come on, keep going. But we don't talk enough about starting. That however you start your day is, is incredibly important. However you start your day. Do you know that there are new mercies every day for your life? His mercies are new every morning. So however I get up, I got to get some new mercies for my sin, for my mistakes, for my bad jokes, for my things. I need to wake up so I don't blame you. I need new mercy every day. How you start your week in church matters. When you come in here and you say this week is going to start with me lifting up my hands and me worshiping God with my family, it's going to impact the rest of of my week, how I start my marriage, coming together, young people, at an altar and forsaking all other people before I indulge in any romantic.
romantic thing with someone else. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to prove to her for six months that I love her and I can control myself. I'm going I'm to let my, my fiance know I've got some self-control and I'm not just marrying her because I'm out of control and I need her to appease a sexual desire. I, I stand with self-control and I can tell you where this thing started. Starting points are important. Your birthday is a starting point. When you popped into this, into this, into this planet, there are starting points. However you start to work through an issue well, is powerful when a problem comes your way and you stop and you say, all right, now is time to give this over to the Lord. Now is the time to begin to pray. How you start to work through problems is powerful. How you start your week is powerful. How you start your day is powerful. David said every day I wake up, I'm going to declare that today is the day that the Lord had made and I'm going to awaken today. Every day that I wake up, I'm going to wake it up. Every problem I go through, I'm going to remind them of God. Everything I say, how I start conversations matters. How I start, David said, you know what? I'm going to get into church and before anything happens, I'm going to go into his gates with thanksgiving. I'm going to start every prayer meeting with thanksgiving. I'm going to start every day with thanksgiving. I'm going to start every worship with thanksgiving. I'm going to start every, and then I'm going to go into his courts with praise. How you start is important. How you start is, and if you've messed up all your starts, I've got good news. There's a starting point right here in this moment. You can start right here. But you know what the enemy wants? He's shut up. You're just stupid. You're ugly. You say everything. You do nothing. The diet starts Monday. You're an idiot. You're a dork. The enemy actually uses the word dork. He's the accuser of the brethren. He partners with your past, and God partners with his word. And he says, all you need is a little mustard seed. All you need, start, start, start. Just start. That's why he's mocking you. Get your hands down. Get your mouth shut. You're not a person of faith. Oh, but you are now. 12, 13, and 47 seconds. There's a starting point. The enemy is mocking you so that you don't start the beginning of the rest of your life right here. But faith could start right here. Worship could start right here. A legacy could start right here. Right here. You were created for milk and honey. You were created for a milk and honey marriage, a milk and honey family, a milk and honey fam- uh, friends and ministry. And that's why nothing else will, will really satisfy you. But the problem is all things start with conflict. All things start with conflict. God spoke to Moses and said, I need you to go and confront Pharaoh. I want you to go tell him, let my people go. So the war is over our faith and what we are willing to confront. What are you willing to confront this morning? Whatever you're not willing to confront is not something you can ever really get delivered from and possess the fullness of the kingdom of God. So God is saying the first way I deliver you is to teach you how to use the spirit of God, the word of God. Where did he get those words? He got them from God. Most didn't write a speech. God gave him the words. And so God will give you the words, and we are to speak the words of truth. He gave us his word, and then we confront the spirit of fear and the enemy in our life. But whenever there's confrontation, there's conflict. And whenever there's conflict, we go, uh, I don't like this. Something's going wrong. Let's just see if we can get back to normal. And so God wants to break the spirit of fear with a word, a word of faith, and with faith, 
we bring conflict and we confront the spirit of fear and the spirit of insecurity and the spirit of dysfunction. But what happens when we confront it? It causes the enemy. See, whenever God gets ready to move in your life, there's something about the enemy cannot read your thoughts. The enemy does not know the full plans of God. But the enemy gets tipped off a little bit like something is going on. Something is happening in this region. And so the enemy, when he gets tipped off, like a caged animal, like a cornered animal, leashes out against the people of God. And so the spirit of faith has to come and, 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 and confront the spirit of fear and say, I got a word from God. It is, it is, you got to let the people go. I, I'm going to confront this dysfunction. I'm going to confront this insecurity. I'm going to confront this thing in my life. And so what happens is different insecurities and different things, whenever God begins to move in your life, you're, again, we have this moment of struggle over our faith because the presence of God comes over. And, and, and yes, however he starts something is beautiful and wonderful. The beginning of how babies are made is good. The beginning of our our birthdays are good. The beginnings of things are wonderful and prophetic. And then we wonder what happened after the seed was planted. What happened after the conception of something? What happened? And we wonder that, that, that maybe it wasn't spoken from God. But the truth of it is, is God is putting his word inside of you so that you can execute his justice on planet earth. Why? He gave you dominion and authority, Adam. He caused you and took over you to be fruitful and multiply Eve and so he gave you authority and when we handed it back to the devil the Jesus came died on the cross and took back the keys and gave them to the church and so it's the church's job to execute the plan and purposes of God so he'll put a word inside of you and say go confront that spirit of darkness go confront that insecurity go confront that thing and confrontation makes us feel uncomfortable because we're like hold on can we just get along can we just all just like, you know, you know, you know, and, 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 and yes, if there wasn't a devil, but there is a devil, and he, he wants to, he does not have a, a pure motive, okay? I'm just going to break you in on the plans. He, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. He does not want to get along. He might look like he wants to get along. Hey, hang out a little bit. Let's talk a little bit. Hey, come see this tree. And when you see the tree, the enemy's like, come on, Eve, look at this thing. She's like, that does look pretty good. And so everything you see will conflict with what you've heard, but God is so bad. He's so, he's so awesome. He's like, my word is enough. God, come down and rescue Eve. He's like, I gave her everything she needed. I gave, I gave him everything he needed. I gave them my word. I gave them my word. And all you need is a little bit of word and a little bit of faith in order to confront the things he's asking you to confront. And so now we have to say, hold on. Do I want out of my Egypt? Do I want out of every area of bondage? And task and rigor, all the things that you do every day, and I'm not talking about the things of life. I'm talking about has something come over your day where you just feel like, man, it's just a burden. Everything's a burden. Everything is a task. Every, and so word of faith will come in and say, there's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. And he'll bring you a word. And what is that word supposed to do? It's supposed to bring a spirit, yes, of grace and truth and love. But there comes a faith to say, okay, I'm sick and tired of living this way and of putting up with this. And God says, now it's time to confront it. It's now time to speak to it. It's now time to acknowledge it. It's now time to, 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 to believe 
that God is going to move in your life. The thing that blows me away, if we could just have a little fireside chat for a second. Isn't it amazing, though, that God sends him and asks a question? Hey, Pharaoh, would you let my people go? Does that, does that hit you a little? That hits me a little bit. Like, why didn't God just send Moses in there with the plagues immediately? Right? Start turning water to blood, locusts. Just, I mean, Moses, I would have loved that picture. Moses just comes into the, you know, into the Pharaoh's palace. He's got frogs, and, and it's just locusts. And the firstborn are just dying. And he's like, rah! And, and, and he's like, we're going. Not, not let my people go. We're going. Yeah. We're out. Or why not just have the people start going? Yeah. Why, why not just leave and come up on the Red Sea and let God do his thing? Why? The revelation of a God who comes before Pharaoh to do something in this moment with Pharaoh asking, hey, let my people go as if God needed permission. And yet we see a revelation of God that he is in control, but he does not puppet master this whole thing. He literally goes and reveals himself as a God almighty, all-powerful, omniscient, and all-knowing, and yet he seems to need reciprocity. He seems to want to reveal to us relationship. He wants to somehow show himself as someone who says, my will will be done. But I want you to open your heart and say, yes, I will not control this situation. I'm a God who is ready to go, but I need you. A saving power has been, has been, has been absolutely provided. Healing power has been provided. But for too long, we have rejected. And God has said, I, I, I need you to, to say yes to me. I, I, I need you to see me operate. Why the ten plagues? Why all the rigmarole? Why all the... You ever read, just, just cruise through Exodus? You're like, my goodness. Why all the details? I mean, Moses goes to Pharaoh multiple times. Comes and talks to him. Goes and, hey, let my people go. And it gets bad to worse. And why is God showing himself in this way? Why the ten plagues? We'll get into this next week. But so much of the ten plagues had to do with the, the, the top, like, ten gods that the Egyptians and Israelites worshipped. And so you seem to see this God wanting to visibly, publicly take down the, the idols and the gods that they worshipped. And so we see a God putting up with us, trying to show us who he is so we could see him and say yes. We could see him and, and, and open up our hearts. He's a God that wants relationship. He's a God. We were made in his image. He's a God that wants reciprocity. He wants relationship. He wants intimacy. And so, and so, and so Moses is said to say, hey, let my people go. And, and at some point, and I don't think the children of Israel ever got this out of them, they had to relinquish the the, the thing that they had for something better, but it would cost them everything. And so we have to make these decisions of, man, I'm really comfortable, but I know there's something more in my heart. I, I'm, I'm really, I've kind of settled for this dysfunction. It's not that bad. That's why good is the biggest enemy of great, because we will settle at something, and the enemy will say, that's pretty good. Why don't we just stay? Because the enemy does not want you to give up what you have in order for the full plan of God. The enemy wants to keep you where you are at. And so when God comes and gives you a word and says, it's now time to confront not, not, not controlling. A lot of times we have, we, have, we have people who confront without relationship, and it's basically just another form of controlling. I just needed to confront you. No, you're probably trying to control. Some of us have not seen healthy confrontation. Healthy confrontation, the, the idea is to get confrontation from a six months out of nowhere, you, you, you tell someone something, hey, babe, I'm a little uncomfortable with this, like, whoa, to, to, to daily. It, it, it's supposed to be something that we're trying to get our conversations uh, daily where we are 
just making little tweaks every day. Because when God gives you a word, though, there is people in this room that God is calling you, though, to stand for the first time for in a long time in your marriage, in your family. And so God will give you a word, and it, it's, it's intense. And God's saying, it's now time to confront that thing. It's now time to pull that thing out of darkness. It's now time. And what happens to the person that gets the word, hear me, is all of your insecurities just whoop. <laughs> That's the first thing you have to confront is you. Now, what happens is we blame each other. But oh, oh, what happened out of Moses? God calls him, says, I got a word. I called you to, to go to Pharaoh to deliver the people. Who am I? I can't talk. Whatever God asks you to do is the thing you can't do. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I'm not, it's not that. I've called you. But if you've got a word this morning for your family or for your marriage or for your kids, if there's something burning, I'm telling you, there is a, a Moses Joshua anointing on you to, to bring something out of your family, to bring bondage somewhere, some something out and bring it in to the fullness of God. That's why you're agitated. It's not the enemy. The enemy's trying to get you to stay. The enemy's trying to fear you. The enemy's trying to control you. And the word of God's trying to set you free. But that's why those things are coming up. Because you're going, who am I? I can't do that. I can't believe for that. I, I, I just, that's not me. And so all of your insecurities and all of your fears bubble up when God puts a word in your heart. And he says, I, I, I just want you to, to, to now confront that. I've given you my word. And so now it's time to decide to let go of bondage, to let go of the past and begin. Moses wasn't a talker for 40 years and all of a sudden he was. <laughs> His first speech was to Pharaoh, the king of the land. Think about that. God didn't say, you know, he didn't, he didn't give him the western view of, uh, of, of college. All right, we'll go speak to some shepherds, give him a little speech. And he meant with the elders, but God took him after 40 years of shepherding. <laughs> That's what God can do. That ought to give you hope to say, I can start I can be a talker today. I, I can be vulnerable today. I can have faith today. I can start today. There's something that's going to begin in my life today. But what will happen is it will cost you everything. But you are created for milk and honey. You are created. Worship team can come up. You are created for milk and honey. God has called us to confront. God starts bringing people out of bondage by teaching us how to confront. Whatever you won't confront will not change. It will not change by itself. This is a word for somebody. God's giving you faith. Do not confront out of fear. Well, babe, if we don't talk about this, we're going to get divorced. God's going to get all of that fear talk and insecurity talk out of you. He's going to give you fresh word. So when you go to talk, it's going to have a little bit of a different spirit on it. It's going to have some oil on it. Hey, Dad, I just kind of want to... Hey, babe, hey, hey, kids. It's going to have a different spirit. It's not going to have a spirit of fear. God had to get this out of me. He's still getting out of me. Because we use so much fear in our language. With our kids. and With each other. So God will get out that spirit. He'll put a spirit of faith in you. Because I've called you to confront. So what happens, though, is when you go to confront, 
Moses says, let my people go. It's time for us to go forward. It goes from bad to worse. Pharaoh says, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull the straw. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull what I've been giving to you. And so now the people have to get the straw and make the bricks. Pharaoh didn't lessen the quota. So what happens is when you start saying, hey, let's talk. We've got to talk. Let's, let's discuss. Hey, babe, let's, we're going we're gonna to up our, our health plan. Let's start working out on Monday. It's like, you call me fat? No, 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 no. I'm, um, hey, hey, kids, we're going to church every Sunday. It's what, I know, Dad, we kind of, we go, no, we're going to go every Sunday. Matters. It, it will go from, you're taking land. So I'm, I'm not trying to prophesy it's going to go bad for you. I'm saying you are, you are going, you are letting go of something and you are moving forward in something and there's a transition of wilderness. There's a transition of from going from bad to worse where it'll take twice as much work to make the same brick. See, the moment you start taking your family forward and saying, hey, let's talk about our marriage. Let's get current. Kids, I want to talk at a different level. You start moving forward in ministry. You start moving forward in preaching the gospel. You start inviting neighbors to church. You now are the weirdo neighbor, and you're like, man, I wish I could go back to just talking about football. Hey, Tom. Hey, how about them eagles? <laughs> All right, buddy. Take it easy. Hey, how's life? Peachy. I know, right? Ah, I miss just dudeing out with people. Now that I invited him to church, he's like avoiding me. Hey, Tom. All right, buddy. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Now it takes twice as much work to connect to my name. See, whenever you give up on uh, an area of, of bondage or, or where you've been stuck, there, there's, this, there's, this, there's, this, there's this thing that now takes twice as much work to connect to my neighbors, twice as much work to connect to my workmates, twice as much work in my marriage. And so at that moment of conflict, you step back. You're like, I don't want to, it's too much work. What was I doing? What was I thinking? God says, it's now time to get back in the fight. I created you for milk and honey. Just because it was, just because you confronted something that caused conflict. What happens when we, we confront something and then there's conflict, it goes, it goes bad. It starts to, starts to unwind, it starts to spin out. And what we do is we try to control it. Well, then that doesn't work. And then we get complacent. And then after complacency, we're like, I just want comfort. <laughs> You're like, I just want some comfort with my kids. Here, get back on the screens. Confronting that demon's fun. We gotta get off the phone. We gotta get off the screens. Zombie eyes, screen eyes. We're not gonna do the screens. See what happens when you go up against that, especially during the holidays? That's fun. So now you have a, I have a teenager, you have a kid. That's a, you got to make that brick with some straw now. Yeah, you're working twice as hard. Hey, buddy, how you doing? All right, cool. What do you want me to do? So we have a generation on screens. And this came out of nowhere for us in a way. We didn't know how to parent through this thing. Now everyone's like double screens and triple screens. <laughs> got iPads, phones, big TV. And it's like, what, what do we do? We have to confront it. 
So we have culture that has to be confronted or else the enemy wins. So God will say, hey, I'm raising up churches and raising up moms and dads and raising up families and I'm putting a word in your heart. Now this is, this is for a lot of, but I'm putting a word in your heart and it's now time to be a voice into that thing. It's time to be a voice. It's time to be a mom and a dad into that situation and you're gonna pull them out. It's gonna, it's gonna be tough, but it's worth it because you're gonna deliver that child into their destiny. You're gonna break that thing that, that they're gonna regret maybe five, 10 years down the road. And so God's gonna put a spirit of faith and that spirit of faith is much more powerful than that spirit spirit of fear but the spirit of fear is going to rise up because the enemy does not want to let go of the ground that he has you stuck in and so there's some moms there's some dads there's some business people there's some preachers it doesn't make sense but right now there's a big word in your heart and there's a stirring and I just wanted to get up here and let you know don't give up because that spirit of faith is the thing that will pull your family into the promised land because you are created for so much more than what you're stuck at. And so you got to confront that thing. You got to talk to that thing. You got to read into that thing. You got to address that thing. You got to have a family meeting. You got to have a talk with that child. You got to say, I'm not perfect, but there's something in my heart. There's a word of faith that it is time. And and, and it is time to not live this way any longer. So what happens is God will call a Moses, he'll call a Joshua, and he'll say, I need you to be a voice. I need you to address that thing. Confrontation is as simple as, hey guys, I think our family needs some new Thanksgiving traditions. What do you mean? I need to get you ready for a few, what do you mean? And you gotta be at that point with a word of faith to say, I just think God wants to start some new things. I just think God wants to start some new things. I think as a family, we're going to start going to church every Sunday. I think as a family, we're going to start serving in church. I think as a family, we're going to start having family night. Family night? None of my friends have family night. What we do now. And so God will put a word and say, you know what? We, God wants us. We're going to start reading our Bibles. We're going to start having screen time. We're going to start. And you might pivot and you might move. And you might even say you're sorry. It's okay to be hum- humble and vulnerable. But God is raising you up to say our family was meant for more than this. And I'm pulling us out of bondage and we're going to the promised land as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord as for me and my house we're going to step in to all that God has I'm, I'm done living this way I'm done I'm done I don't want to be numb I don't want to be a zombie this way God's created me for so much more just one more thing I mean just think about the grapes just think about the grapes just think about the grapes we, I, I love this as preachers like we just read through the grapes yeah the, the children of Israel the spies went out and they got a grape the size of a man and two people had to carry this cluster of grapes to the pole and we just got to read that it's like yeah you know <laughs> like I go to Costco and I say hey Jude I need it's a two-man job grapes are no I, I get grapes <laughs> Whenever you see God on display, whenever you see God showing off like a grape, think guys, they carried a cluster of grapes on a pole. It's so that you can see how good God is, so you can let go of lesser. You can let go of lesser. 
God's trying to get the grip that you have on safety and comfort and control and complacency and say, it's all right, it's time to confront. It's time to confront it. It's time to look at it. It's time to talk about it. But when you talk about it, everyone's going to look at you like you're an idiot. Welcome to the club. That's why I'm speaking to leaders. I'm speaking to some leaders. I'm speaking to some moms and some dads. I'm talking to some business leaders. You're going to find yourself woo, in a meeting, and you feel like you need to say something, and you're going to feel dumb, but God's saying, that's all right. I put my word in your heart. I put my word. You're going to, you're going to overcome. There's no fear in my spirit. He's breaking fear in this place. I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. Here it comes. I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. 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 I break the spirit of fear and the spirit of safety and the spirit of bondage. I'm giving you a spirit of power, of power, of power, of power, of power, of love and a sound mind. Power, 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 wonder working power. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead resides in you. Power and love and a sound mind. And when you confront that dysfunction. We'll break that insecurity. We'll break that generational dysfunction. It'll break it and you will start a new legacy of faith, of worship, of joy. He said, I'm about to begin. I'm about to begin a new work. I'm about to begin a new work. I'm about to begin a new work. Jesus. Your name, Lord. Psalm 23. Put up Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters. Go back to the Lord. He is. You know, one of the reasons I haven't, I haven't wrote this series, I was reading this. God kept taking me back to Exodus and Psalms 23. And he said, we want, we want the Psalm of 20, we want Psalms 23, but the Lord isn't our shepherd yet. And so we don't, we don't understand the Psalms. We quote it, we sing it. David is singing this. The definition of is, is it means a present state of being. <laughs> so when the Lord is not gonna be, not Monday, not next year, not this fall, when you get your act together. But David declared, the Lord is currently my shepherd. He is my shepherd. Money's not my shepherd. Money's not my shepherd. My marriage is not my shepherd. My pa- None of it's my shepherd. The Lord, when you can declare, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. When he's your shepherd, he makes you lie down. He brings you by still waters. Yea, he, he makes the table at the presence of your enemies. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you fear no evil. When he is your shepherd, that's why when Moses, Moses came before the bush, the burning bush, and he said, here I am. 
He said, here I am. God said, it's me. Take your shoes off. This is holy. He took his shoes off and he said, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. God spoke to him. God spoke to him. And Moses said, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? God didn't give him a pep speech about how awesome he is. Moses, you're amazing. No, God told him, I will be with you because that's all you need. The answer is not in you, but the answer is in me. God didn't puff him up. God just told him, I will be with you and me is all that you need. The answer has never been or will never be in you. The answer is always in the shepherd. The answer is always in his presence. God declares, all I need is someone to say, I'm here. Here I am. God says, just give me permission. Just give me permission and I'll show up. And when I show up, I'll deal with your enemies. I'll deal with the fear. I'll give you a word. That's why we sing this this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. Make him your shepherd. Make him your shepherd. Make him your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He watches over me. He watches over me. He's my shepherd. Now, today, say, Lord, I give you my life. Shepherd, you're my shepherd. You're my shepherd. You're my shepherd. I let go. I let go of the lesson. I let go. Lead me. Lead me. Lead me beside snow waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You make a table in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. Jesus. Jesus. The answer's always been in him. He just says, give me permission. Give me permission. Give me permission. Lord, I give you permission. I give you permission. I want your word. All I want is you. He said, I'll be with you. The, the great promise of God is that my presence will be with you. My presence will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. Lord, it's scary. I'm confronting some big things. Some of you are about to confront things that your mom wouldn't confront, grandpa wouldn't confront, but God's putting a word in your heart. He is stirring you for so much more, and you can't figure out if you've got a spirit of comparison. You can't figure out if you're jealous, but God wants you to know, no, it's by my spirit. I'm putting something. I, I'm putting some milk and honey in your heart for your marriage. It's time now to let go of the past and begin to dream according to the word of God and say, I want to milk and honey marriage. Lord is saying that, that I need to be your shepherd. I need to be your shepherd. I need to lead you. I need to guide you. I need to be in control. All you need is me. The answer is not in you. The answer's in me. The answer's in him. The answer's in his word. The answer's in his presence. He's saying all you gotta do is let me begin to move in your heart. The Lord is my shepherd. He is. He is. He is. The Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. He is. He is. He is. Make him your shepherd this morning. Make him your shepherd this morning. He is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. 
He's my shepherd. I, I'm not my shepherd. I don't want to be my shepherd. Whatever things you've been shepherding, give it back to him. That's why David could go before Goliath and say, this battle is the Lord's. Because David declared that he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. It's got to be current. It's got to be current. It's got to be today. Make him your shepherd today in this moment, right here, right now. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, just take this moment and say, Lord, be my shepherd, be my savior, be my Lord, be my healer. I, I, I thank you for dying on the cross 2,000 years ago for me. I laid out my life. I'm tired of, of being my shepherd. I'm tired of worrying. I'm tired of caring. God's saying all you need is to relinquish your right and let me, let me, God's saying let me, let me. All you need is one word. All you need is one touch. All you need is one moment. All you need is one bit of the glory to hit you. All you need is one touch of grace. All you need is one touch of heaven. All you need is one touch of the hem of his garments. And you'll never be the same again. Relinquish, relinquish, relinquish what you're holding on to and saying, Lord, I want all that you have for me. I want all that you have for me. I want it all. The Lord is. Make him your shepherd right now, right now. Transfer financial, transfer marriage, transfer kids. What weight are you shepherding? Say, Lord, here, here, take it, take it, take it. I'm a sheep, I'm not a shepherd. I'm a sheep. I come back to the place of the need of the shepherd. Lord, shepherd me. And once you, 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 you in your heart, you say, Lord, shepherd me. He, he moves in and he makes you. <laughs> like, whoo, there it is. Whew. He makes some things start to happen. The Lord is my shepherd. 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 The Lord is, 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 is my shepherd. The Lord is. That's why God can just show up to people who he's shepherding. Do you notice that God doesn't tip off his people many times? He's just like, go wait for the promise in a prayer meeting. Then day 10, boom, Holy Spirit hits. Peter's like, I got to go preach. God didn't tip him off. You notice the day that David killed Goliath, he just woke up as another day, but it was a day of destiny because when he's your shepherd, he doesn't let you in on some of the biggest days of your destiny to almost prove, you know what, I don't let some of you know what I'm about to do. Am I your shepherd? Do you notice when God begins, even Moses, he got not tipped, he didn't get tipped off. The, the, the fire was just. So he's saying, I do some of my best work hidden. And you wake up and you think it's just an ordinary day. Because you know the battle's the Lord's. You're just a sheep and he's shepherding you. Cheryl, I want us to go back before we close. The prayer team will come up here. If you've given your life to Jesus, just come up if, if you need it. I want to go back to the fall down like rain. Just kind of sit in that and we can, we can climb that. But if you need prayer, come on up. If something is starting in your life today, and you're like, woo, I need a partner with someone. I need some prayer. Come on up. And then let's sing this this morning. Fall down like rain. The Holy Spirit's going to fall in this place. If you need the Holy Spirit, just come on up. If you need prayer for anything, come on up. If you're sick in your body, just come on up.
Young people, if you're making a fresh commitment today, just come on up. Wherever you're at, if today marks the start of something new, come on up. If you're in a trial and you're, you're coming through something, come on up. Get some prayer. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. If today you're saying, I need the Lord to shepherd me. I need some help. I need some prayer. Come on up. Get out of your, get out of your chair and just come up here and, and let God, let God begin to move in your life. Wherever you're at this morning, open up your heart. Say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Holy Spirit. If you're, if you're, if you're saying today, I need to go to a new place. I need God to start something new. Get up here. Let God mark your life today. Let God mark your life today. He's calling leaders forward. He's calling leaders saying, I put my hand on you. It's time to start to live at a new level of faith. It's time to start to lead your family. It's time to start. Men, God is calling you to a new level. He's calling you to a new level. Today is the beginning of the start of something. Get up here. Get out of your chair. Get up here and say, Lord, Lord, start something in my life. for faith. And we ask you for faith to fill our hearts. Fresh faith. Whew. Letting go of fear. Letting go of fear. Letting go of fear. Letting go of fear. All fear being broken right now in Jesus' name. If you deal with fear, we got to close out the service this morning. I love you so much. Come back next Sunday. We're going we're gonna to finish this. Come on out. But if you need some prayer this morning, let the start of fresh faith be today. Let today mark the breaking of fear in your life. If you want some prayer for the breaking of fear, just come on up here. I wanna, we want to pray with you this morning. He wants to deliver you from a spirit of fear this morning and birth fresh faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Awesome. Come on, let's give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Come on, we love you so much. 
If you want some prayer, come on up here. We'd love to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, do